Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Mark, how are you today? Doing fine, sir. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. Just had a quick question for you, see if maybe best advice on a... What I could do with the existing, uh, I added a piece of a roof to the existing roof. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I had left it, uh, no, I didn't put no hardy plank underneath. I was concerned whether I should leave it open to be able to access the old existing roof, I guess you could say. I just didn't want to cover it up and not be able to see what's in there if anything gets in there as far as rodents or pests. And... They also, when they tied into the rafters, they kind of left maybe an inch gap on each side of the rafters when they tied into it. Okay. And I was kind of worried that something's going to get in there into the attic eventually. I don't know if maybe you had an idea which which would be best to kind of cover those gaps, or maybe should I leave it open, or should I go ahead and cover it down here at the bottom side well, with a hardy plank? And where are these gaps? Exactly. Where they tie into the rafters in the attic. Right. So you're not, they, they you're, so you're not seeing piece. it from from down below or anything. It, it's just uh, something that's covered between the new roof and the ceiling of, of the structure, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. You know, the, the unfortunate thing is a lot of times when people do additions, you know, they'll they'll bring a pitched roof in and, and tie into an existing roof that way, and they leave the old roof. And if there's ever a fire, that actually creates a problem. Uh, so if it's opened up to where you can go from one side to the other, that actually is preferable. Okay. That's, that's the way I have it now, and I kind of I prefer that idea just because I think that's too too much space dead air space yep and in case of anything i want to be able to get into it and once i seal it then i got to remove everything to get back in it yeah well what happens in a fire is you know you got a fire going up in there people start checking you know well i don't see anything and the reason they don't see anything is it's sealed off from everything else and and, and it really can become a, a a real fire hazard we redid a home uh for a firefighter up in the Dallas market one time that he got caught because that section burned out and collapsed on him. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just, so I learned quite a bit on, by, by talking with him about that kind of stuff. And so in, anytime you're bringing that roof in, yeah, open it up and, and have access going through there. And what would you, in your opinion, what would be the best way to kind of cover those gaps in between those rafters where they tied into the existing? Well, the gap itself, is it just where the rafters uh, could have been nailed together or something? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Put a spacer board in there. Space board? Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's only a, a three-quarter inch gap, you use a one-by. If it's, uh, you know, an inch and a half or, or so, then you use a two-by piece of material okay perfect that makes sense i appreciate it i just thought i'd touch base with you on which way it would be better because i just there's just so many ideas flowing through my head but i just don't like the idea of covering it up yeah 
No, I get it. Well, right. I do appreciate it. Thank you very Mark, much. Mark, you have a great afternoon. You do as well. Thank you. Davis, how can I help you? Yes, sir. I, I have recently bought an old house, and I'm re- removing the sheetrock in the interior, and it's got the wood walls behind it. Is it advisable to put Tyvek on it from the interior? What are you going to put over them? Well, I'm going to re-sheetrock it, but I was looking to put that Tyvek on the uh, the wood walls that are behind the sheetrock. Yeah, if it was mine, I probably would not. Oh, um, what's that, the capture moisture? Well, you know, Tyvek is it is breathable to, in order to, so that, that it doesn't capture moisture. But okay. if you were going to put Tyvek, it would be on the outside, not to the inside wall. So I think you're going to spend a lot of money on it for no return. For no return. Okay. But I, I was thinking back to in the old days, did they not use uh, like that, um, well, that 15-pound felt paper, just put it up on the walls and then put not, the sheetrock over it? Uh, no, they they not in Texas. Yeah, okay. maybe okay. maybe in some other places they did, but uh, you know, and, and in, if you go up into northern states, they put plastic on the walls. Uh, but down here, if you did that, your walls would just sweat to pieces. Uh, so yeah, down here the the sheetrock goes straight on over the insulation and stuff. Okay. Well, that that wall it currently doesn't have any insulation between the uh, interior and exterior at all. So I was wondering. By putting that vapor barrier, you know, like I said, they put it on the outside. What's the difference of putting it on the inside of it? Well, the, it, it's the just... The outside of the old house is good. Right. So, but see, the, the purpose of it on the outside of the wall is, say you have a leak that happens on the siding. Tyvek doesn't let water pass through it, but it lets vapor pass through it. So the water okay. would just hit it and run down on the outside. On the inside, you're just not getting any benefit from it. I see. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Now, if you want to put, since since you've got the walls off, I'm going to give you a couple quick options if if you want to put something on there to help with your energy bills. One, since it's open, you could look at having foam insulation installed. Now, granted, as they're putting in the foam, it's going to squeeze out between the boards. But that cuts off real quick and easy, and you can go back over it with sheetrock, and you got a fully insulated house. If you don't okay. want to mess with insulation, take a look at a product called Energy Q Radiant Barrier. And the reason I'm telling you that one specifically is it's a multi-layer system that's designed where it can be sandwiched behind building materials. And it would block the heat transfer and so it that would greatly reduce your energy consumption in the home okay what's that name again that type energy q energy q okay i'll look that up and uh, their phone number is 800-900-6220 it comes in four foot wide rolls like a huge roll of aluminum foil You'd want to get the perforated one, but you literally, you know, roll it out up there, staple it up, and you're good to go over it with sheetrock. We just did my son's house with it uh, where we put up a uh, cathedral ceiling and stuff, 
And mm -hmm. man, you could really feel the differences you were putting it up versus areas that didn't have it. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to looking into it. All right. You take care. All right. Take care. Good day. Bye. Hello, Willie. Hi. Hi. Happy drizzly day to you. <laughs> <laughs> and just enough to keep you inside and brave enough to go out. But hey, anyways, I've got the shades uh, open so I can see out there to, to know enough <laughs> I don't want to be there. <laughs> it doesn't stop the squirrels. I see them playing in the yard. Anyways, yep. uh, I have a family member that uh, removed his side-by-side -side trailer, and his wife just put on a modular home. Now, some people don't know what that is, but what is your opinion of that structure? It's a it's a fast building home. It's an, it seems to be nice. It can either be put on piers or foundation. And of course, piers is cheaper. Foundation and cement is very expensive, even though it's probably a better found. It is a better foundation. But well, what is your opinion of that modular home? You know, a lot of times people think that a a, a slab is more expensive, but the cost of wood and stuff nowadays, the foundation that you got to put for a uh, pier and beam block and base type home is every bit as expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and modular homes, you know, a lot of times people misunderstand. They they confuse those with being a mobile home, and it's not. Modular no, it's not. homes are built in sections, and the sections are brought out and assembled on the job site. And yeah, they just did that. They had yeah. that, uh, you know, they were they, the people that he was dealing with. This is a company in the San Antonio area. Uh huh. Uh, actually, found a buyer for his side by side, and uh, he got a good deal with that. He got money for it, and they removed it themselves and said it was in better condition than most they find because it's going to be rental property anyway. Yeah. But they removed it themselves, and they put that modular home today, even in the drizzly rain. They moved it out there to that same spot and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be finished in three weeks but everything is pretty much factory made right yep exactly it, and it's built just like a regular uh house you know two by four studs sheetrock the whole nine yards so it goes a lot faster because it's all in sections ready to put together when it gets there it's not a house that's going to crumble for sure no and no, they're, they're going to put a tin, yeah, they're going to put a tin roof on it. It's going to look like a country home with yep. their country people. But I was wanting that opinion, you know, on on uh, on that home. It sounds like a really sweet deal for them and something affordable. But we were thinking of moving as well sometime down the road. If we found property, we might look at doing the same thing just to have a structure put up pretty fast instead of dealing with, you know, every every contractor that's going to yep. come in and build a home on a foundation. You know, but the anyway, original concept with those w were that it was going to replace the way we build homes. But people are so stuck, well, this is the way we've always done it, yeah. that they can't get over the fact that it comes out in sections. But they make great homes. Let's go to Cleveland, Texas. Hey, James. Hello, Jim. I'm looking to build in High Island, Texas. I did, I did research on windows, but I get opposing information between... Uh, impact-resistant windows and hurricane windows, which would, would be best for the High Island area? Well, best would be hurricane windows. Uh, High-impact windows, you know, they, they work fine. Uh, but really, I mean, what are we looking for? We're looking for when hurricanes come in. So that, that would actually 
be what I would look at. Okay. Uh, thank you much. You Now, I, uh, with all that being said, ultimately, put what window you want and put some, like, Rolex-type shutters in and not have to worry about the windows at all. Yeah, that, I, that was one of my considerations, too. Yeah. All right. Take care. Appreciate it. Yeah, those uh, Rolex shutters, they do a, a great job. You know, you can get them where they power down or you got to manually put them down in, in order to protect the windows. But then you got a, a metal covering over the windows and you just plain don't have to worry about it. And uh, So I know with hurricane season coming up, people are going to start being worried about the windows, generators, things like that. And uh, just a, a quick note on generators. Uh, if you're looking for generators, the natural gas ones are what are the most popular generators. I would also recommend that you have it where it can use an alternative fuel. Because if the, the, the lines go down or the pumps go down for the natural gas, you'll lose your generator. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. We're going to head over to Siena, and Brandon, how can I help you? Hey, how you doing today? Wonderful. All right, good. Hey, I've got a question about uh, weather stripping on the door that uh, goes into my garage from the inside of the house. Okay. Um, I've, got some, I've got a bit of a draft coming through there. And, uh, I, you know, when I open the door, there's a copper uh, Z-strip, Z uh, Z-metal that's running around the, end, the, the door jam. Right. There is no weather stripping. It's just got that copper Z-strip. Z right. And I wondered, what is that? What is the purpose of that? And should I remove that and put in just regular foam weather stripping? Well, that is the weather stripping. Uh, it's... It's uh, pushed out of away from the door jam, so when the door closes, that's tight against the door. Oh, okay, yeah, and so that that to be holding the the draft out though very well. Well, I guess I got to ask, why is there a draft in the garage? Well, just the just the cold air in the garage is just kind of you know coming through that door opening into the hallway of the house. Okay. So it's it's really not a, a wind blowing in. It's just a cold air passing through then. Right. Okay. So you could put foam, but honestly, that's probably not going to make much of a difference. And you don't have to take the metal strip off in order to put the foam. You can go ahead and get you, uh, you know, some of that stripping and put it around that door jam and see if it makes uh -huh. any difference. But chances are, what you're, what you're truly feeling is that's probably a hollow core door, and it's letting cold air pass. I mean, it's just not holding it out. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Now, those metal well, strips, as they age, they do lay flat. And so sometimes you uh -huh. do need to go around and pry it up. You usually can use like a a screwdriver or a chisel or something like that to just pry it up a little bit so it's got a tighter fit on the door when you close it. 
and uh-huh. that may take care of your problem as well. All right. Well, good deal. Well, I appreciate it. Yep. You take care. All right. Stay warm. I'm working on it. Let's head to Colleyville and Vicki, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, I just replaced my windows about two years ago. And on the west side of the house, I had all those windows covered with solar screens. Uh huh. Two months ago, my next door neighbor on that west side put up solar panels on his roof about 25 to 30 feet from those west windows. I am getting the worst, horrible glare and heat coming through those new windows and the solar screens. Yep. Um, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is putting some kind of an exterior reflective film on those new windows. I don't want to put it on the inside because the heat will then break the seal between the new windows. Is there is there some kind of a exterior film that I can put on those brand new windows <laughs> to reflect that glare and heat back <laughs> to his side? Honestly, I don't know of any exterior films available. Uh, interior films, absolutely. 3M makes some really good ones. Uh, in fact, they've got one that is clear uh, that will almost eliminate that heat. But you've already got solar screens, you said, along with the new windows? Yes. And do you know uh, how dense of solar screens you have? No. <laughs> Uh, it, the reason I'm asking is you may be better off to get a denser sco- solar screen than anything else. Uh, solar screens, basically, the denser it is, the less light it lets through. And that that would eliminate a lot of what you're having because the light coming through, hitting that glass, is basically where your heat load comes from, from that reflection. Right, and, and I know what you're talking about. I mean, I've got a project going right now in College Station on, on a uh, retirement center that's multi-story. Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking around it, every time I pass by where there's some windows on the second floor, the heat that I'm feeling, and I am a good 40 feet away, is unbelievable. That's what and I'm experiencing. Exa- yes. Uh, it, it's just... Uh, you know, I, I and I, I was actually walking through there this week, thinking, you know, I don't know how these people in in these downtown towers can stand walking the streets with the reflection off all these glass buildings. It, it, it's no wonder that they have that heat dome over the downtown areas. They they blame it on concrete and asphalt all the time, but I, I think a big chunk of it is just the the glare off the windows increasing that heat load. Um, and, and for me, it's it's those solar panels so close to my brand new windows. Yeah. And okay, so I definitely you're not recommending an interior reflective film. I, I really right? don't think that's going to help you much. I, I think just making darker solar screens is going to help you way more and be far less expensive. Heading out to Honey Grove, Eric. How are you today? 
Hey, how are you, Mr. Dunn? Doing great. It's great to talk to you. Thank you, sir. All right, I've got a. I'm building a uh, 22 by 20 uh, cottage on uh, piers, concrete piers. Uh huh. And I, I um, want to know about the skirting that goes around those piers to keep out the critters and the wind. I want to have a really see if there's a really good looking kind of skirting that could go around that. Do you have any ideas? Well, how high above the ground are you talking about putting this? Two foot, because it appears to be two, and that would cover the whole gap area there. Okay. Then I would take a look at using uh, Hardy, their soffit material that has a continuous perforation in it. Okay. Because that'll give you the ventilation you need. Exactly. But it'll keep any animals from being able to go under. Exactly. I think I've seen some um, with kind of the stone look and... Yep. I, def- I definitely didn't want that lattice look like you'd see it around deck railing. I, I well, and pretty, you know, the, and that look. stuff doesn't really keep the the animals out because most animals will go right through that. Exactly, snakes and all that, and the wind of the. Yeah, well, you're not going to keep them snakes and stuff out. They're gonna they're no, gonna get in it. regardless. But <laughs> great, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted something with a good look, something that so hardy, huh? Yeah, James Hardy soffit material. Uh, now, they make a solid or they make the one that's perforated. I would use the perforated uh, simply because you need that ventilation. Yeah, because I'm definitely doing a hardy sodding for the, the oh. sodding. And definitely, no doubt about that. Yep, yeah, then yeah, then just transition straight into to doing the soffit, and, you, and you'll be great. It's called what now exactly? How you soffit how material. Uh, soffit. Yeah. Got it. Excellent. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. That'll be just wonderful. You can't just leave it open. Everything in the world, from the wind to everything else, through there. So. Yeah. Now you know the wind really doesn't hurt anything under there. Um, but I know just to have a nice finished look, though, it's yeah. nice to dress it up. That's it. All right. Well, that's wonderful. I appreciate that a whole lot. You bet. Have a great afternoon. Let's go out to Prosper and talk with Jeff. How are you, Jeff? Oh, fine, Jim. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I've got some questions. Um, doing a remodeling. Um, we had to take our fireplace hearth out. So my firebox sits up mm, like 18, 19 inches above the floor. Uh-huh. It's a natural gas. Already had the guy come out, disconnect the gas, cap it off. Now we're going to try to lower it down to the floor. Uh, do you recommend flat on the floor or a little bit of space, one and a half inches, something like that? I, I would definitely it? have it a little off the floor. Okay, because why is now it's suspended on uh, wafer board, uh, yeah. two by four framing. And I want to put it down, so uh, maybe leave two by fours underneath the way. Yeah, that, that's what, what's going to be your uh, material around the fireplace. Uh, we were thinking about uh, going back or going with uh, ledger stone or that um, air stone. Okay. We had veneer rock on it, but 
We had water issues, mold issues. So yep. the rock had to come down. The walls had to come down. Now I'm in the process of putting it all back. Yeah, the the two by fours, and then you'll know, have your material on top of that would be just fine because that that's going to get you up about four inches off the floor. Keeps it looking good. Uh, does does what it needs to do that way. Okay. Uh, one other well, one more question. Uh, since I'm going to be lowering it, uh, is there a trick? I haven't tried. Is there a trick to take the flue? off of the box or does it just stick on there no normally it's stuck on and then has some screws into it i'm I'm assuming you have the metal flue right yes sir yeah it's going to have some double wall it's going to have some sheet metal screws in it that that hold it in okay i didn't know if it's one of those twist lock no type up there no okay so i'll look for the screws and any tips on the how do you lower a fireplace box? <laughs> <laughs> well, what what's uh, under ideas, it? But... What's under There's it for materials right now? Is it just a, a, a wood framework that then has? Yeah, two by four wood frame with a half inch uh, wafer board. Okay, then on a... top of two by four, and then the box sits on top of it. A sawzall does an amazing job of cutting those two by fours. And that way you're not having to rebuild everything all the way on the walls. You can uh, cut it out, drop it down, and then build the the base and the walls back up around it and and be done. Okay. Any tip on how to lower it down? Do I get my floor jack and stick it underneath there? Well, you're going to find it doesn't doesn't weigh hardly anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be fairly light. Then I'll get my son my son-in-law. Very nice. See, that's the easy way. Okay. All right, Jim. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. Mark in Sherman, how can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. Appreciate your help. You um, bet. I have a house, excuse me, with the, um, unfortunately, the Masonite-style siding. Yeah. And uh, it's got spots here and there that... Uh, or deteriorated, they've swollen up due to moisture and whatnot. Uh, it's just there's so much that's okay. I hate to strip it all and go back with Hardy, mm-hmm. but uh, due to expense. But is there any acceptable repair to these uh, spotty places that have absorbed too much moisture? Well, anything's acceptable that you you would accept, but. You know, typically what they have to do is cut off the, anything that's gotten wet and started to expand that way. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of times it's it's at the bottom of the boards, you know, Some the, are, yes. the four by eight sheets. And if that's the case, you can get away with cutting like the bottom six inches off and putting a one by six trim board out of Hardy on there so you don't have to worry about it deteriorating again. Uh, and you put a Z-bar on there when you're putting that in there which helps with the drip edge and and keeps the wood looking better uh and so around windows and doors and places like that where it also happens you just have to see if there's stuff that you can do that covers up what you're cutting away you know Uh Mm -hmm. sometimes Um, it's as simple as you know uh above a window or door 
you've got a little spot there. You cut it away. The one by four trim doesn't cover it, so you put a one by six instead. Right, right. Yeah, some areas I've kind of figured that it could be, uh, you know, covered with a sure. with another material. It's just um, ideally strip it all off and uh, and start over. But I just no, even if even if you want to go back with Hardy, you typically don't have to strip it all off. Uh, if oh, say oh, you want to go with Hardy, you would simply cut off what the bad stuff is, patch in those holes, and then cover the whole thing with Hardy. I see. I see. That becomes your substrate then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, I guess that's a, another way of looking at it um, yep. to save the tear off at least. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, I appreciate it very much. Appreciate you. Bet. Connie, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Mr. Jim. This is Connie. Uh, we bought an old building that's got the windows uh, uh, that anyone can look inside. You know, so is there anything we can do other than tent to cover them up so they can't peek inside and see what we have in there? Well, yeah, you can put, uh, you can even paint them if you want. That's what uh, I told my husband. Uh, a washable paint? What do you think? Oh, just any uh, water based paint would be just fine. That's all I needed. Thank you, sir. You bet. You take care. The, and the nice thing about using a paint that way, should you decide you want it back, it's real easy to scrape the paint off, and you got uh, the clear glass back again. Bill in Farmer's Branch, this is Jim. How can I help you? Thanks for talking my call, Jim. I've, I've got a chimney problem. I, it, uh, I've got a downdraft. I have replaced uh, and, and put a damper up on the roof and also uh, in the firebox, this one. I've had trouble with building a fire, and I'm getting smoke puffs coming down. Right. And, and I've got the chimney blocked off right now because I, I've just got a, a downdraft with both dampers closed. So I'm looking for someone who knows. I think it's probably a construction problem. I don't know the size how, of the flu. How old a house is it? Uh, it was... And it's about 40 years, something like that. And has it always had that problem, or is that something that's... Well, I have, I've, I've used uh, uh, gas logs in it, and I pulled, a, pulled them out this year, and I wanted gotcha. to find a, a fair place. And, yeah. And, and, but I've, I've, I've got it all blocked up right now. This cold weather, it's still it, you know, it's cold as a kraut in that, in that den right now, even with plastic and what have you up there. Yeah. Well, t- typically what causes that is something changes around. A tree grows bigger or something like that, and it changes the wind, the way the wind goes, you know, because wind doesn't stay going straight. It yeah. follows contours, and it's pushing down on it. Right. And so more than likely what's going to have to happen is the flu's going to have to be built up a little bit higher. For those changes that have taken place, uh, I'll tell you what, if you'll hold on through this news break, I'll come back and I'll give you somebody that you can call and, and get this worked on. When we left, I was talking with Bill. Yes, I'm and, still here. Oh, good. So, Bill, you really need to get a fireplace person out there to take a look at it. Let right. them come out and check it out first. Because what I'm thinking is probably going to need is is to go a little bit higher because of trees and stuff that probably grew up around the property. Well, I've got 
two live oaks right by it, and they're. I've been thinking about calling three men to cut those leaves or limbs off around that thing. So that yep. may that may be it. That's that's probably it because when you get uh, anything that gets within, and I I can't remember the footage right now, but it, it it's not all that far. Uh, but when it gets in within that distance, the chimney has to be like four or five feet higher than the highest portion of it. Yeah, okay. So that's probably what's going on. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.